Hello and welcome to the Taylor's Life podcast. Today I've got a really, really exciting episode for you all. It's going to be really, really educational and it's actually with one of my really good friends, Leisha Toy. So we met on the Channel 4 Production Training Scheme and Leisha has struggled with endometriosis for a really, really long time. So without further ado, let's welcome Leisha and my first Irish guest to the podcast. Hello, thank you so much. It's an honour and it's great to be spreading awareness about endometriosis. So that's a double win for me. (laughs) Amazing, thank you so much. And honestly, I think you've listened to a couple of my episodes before, but this podcast is basically to raise awareness on a lot of different conditions. And I can tell you, for one, I don't actually know much about endometriosis. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to help. You can call it endo for short. Thank you, because... Th- that's a long it's word a for me to tie. say yeah it is I was like we need to shorten this down <laughs> but um I just want to say to all of the listeners what the google definition of endometriosis is so endometriosis is a long-term condition where tissue similar to the lining of the womb grows in other places such as in the ovaries and fallopian tubes so We've got our special guest here, <laughs> Leisha Toy, to chat about it. So, Leisha, can I just, before I get into it, I kind of want to just chat about how we met yes. and all of that stuff first. So it was kind of like friendship at first sight, don't you think? It really was, and I just remember, because we're obviously both on the Channel 4 scheme, I think we both remember the day that we both arrived here in Leeds and that's where the Channel 4 building is and I remember like looking through the WhatsApp group and I was like who looks nice like in text to be like can we go for a coffee or meet up to chat and then I text you and that was that was love at first sight. It was love at first sight. <laughs> Don't tell the boyfriend. <laughs> but no, it was um, it was really really life changing. And honestly, as well, I have never had a friend before who's really into podcasting mm-hmm. as well. So Leisha's actually got her own podcast, and I just have to slide that in there somewhere. Yes, Leisha online. Leisha online. <laughs> Please follow it, guys. <laughs> so go show Leisha some love. Um, I'm joking, by the way, you don't have to. <laughs> no, absolutely. Go follow Leisha, it'll be amazing. And I mentioned that you're my first Irish guest. Yes, I love that representation. Love Do you know, it. I want to make you blush a little bit, but I actually love your accent, like, so much. Oh, like, so it's much. so, so nice. So it, I personally, I think it's a bit nicer than the Welsh accent. Oh but no! No, I really do like it. But it's it's Celtic origin, both mm-hmm, of us. Mm-hmm. So we go way back, I don't know. we? We might be related in some weird way. Do you know what I, I mean? Know. Back down generations. Definitely. So speaking of Ireland and Irish culture, mm-hmm. what type of things do you do? Do you speak the language? Like, what's the dealio? Mm-hmm. So, well, I'm very passionate about being Irish and. I went to an Irish school, um, yeah, so growing up, like, I wouldn't call myself, I definitely, definitely wouldn't call myself fluent in Irish, but I would have family members who are, and we learned Irish in school, it was, um, like, kind of a part of my school that I went to growing up, um, was completely, they were completely taught in Irish, um, I have a real love for Irish sports, so, like, camogie, um, some people liken it to, like, lacrosse and stuff, or hockey, but, um, yeah, camogie and, um, Gaelic football as well, so. What's Gaelic football? It's basically, oh, where do I start? It's, so it's, um, basically it's football that you kind of, you can hold the ball and, like, um, for people who can't see what I'm doing, but you, like, you can kick it, you can hold the ball, you can bounce it like you're in basketball, you can kick it, and then camogie, and the male version is hurling, it's like, um, 
like a wooden stick and a, like a ball and you you can hold the stick, you can hit the ball. It's hard. It's Look it up, guys. Yeah, it's, I'm going to have to search that. But I'm very passionate about that and about um singing Irish music and Ooh. Irish dancing. I, I love it. Love being from Ireland. That's so amazing. It's good that you like are in touch with all of that. Of course, have to be. I feel like nowadays people are like born in one place but don't actually pay attention to the culture around mm. them. But we have a beautiful culture in Ireland. It's oh, it's so rainy. That's the only drawback. It's very rainy, and it's, is it? Yes. Oh my god! Do you know I don't know. I didn't even know yes. how bad it was. It's really rainy, but it's. I love it. I'm very proud. I'm very proud to be Irish. I do love Aww, it. That's so wholesome. All around the world, I was recently in New York, and all around the world, and it's not the same as other. Um, it's Ireland is so unique in this. You can always go into an Irish bar, no matter where you are in the world, and talk to someone from Ireland, and you can find a similar connection because it's such a small country. When I was in New York, I was able to find someone who knew my dad. I was in an Irish bar, and what? the guy who was like serving at the bar was like, "I actually know your dad." So it was. No matter where you are in the world, you can always go to an Irish bar, so I love that. That's so amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, so now that we know that you're Irish and we know that we met on the Channel 4 scheme, do you feel ready to go straight into oh the podcast? God. Yes, absolutely. I have so many <laughs> questions to ask because I literally know nothing. <laughs> right. So... It's going to be a deep one to everyone brace yourselves. It'll okay. be a deep podcast, I would say, because okay, so endometriosis is a difficult issue to chat about, but it's always nice to, to spread awareness, especially for anyone who might be going through it and feel that they're alone like other people do go through these things. Absolutely. I think the fact that you've said yes to being on this podcast and actually are happy enough to be able to chat about your experiences, it's going to be... It might be a turning point in somebody's life, do you know what I mean? Oh. Being like, I'm not I'm not yeah. alone and all yeah. of that. So the sort of question, I guess, is what are the symptoms to look out for? Because I feel like a lot of people maybe with endometriosis... Oh, that is such a mouthful, Jesus. <laughs> you can call it endo for short. I'm okay. always just saying endo. Okay, so people <laughs> with endo, would they maybe think that their symptoms is just really bad period pains yeah like that was kind of my initial thing with endo I um I was so young when I first started having symptoms of it and that's why I'm so glad and happy to talk about it today because it was something that when I was really young I just thought it was a given that everyone struggled really badly with their periods but it's um become something as especially as I've gotten older it's become something that has really dictated my life so it's quite therapeutic actually to be able to talk about it like this on this kind of a, a platform yeah when I was really young so like as young as like 14 15 I was having like really just like chronic like awful period pains like um just like really really bad stomach cramps to the point of like you know throwing up like being like passing out like it was really really severe awful pain it's like a hard pain to even explain but it's like someone is literally like grinding your insides it's an awful pain and it you feel very hot it's a very like it's it's a very degrading feeling honestly because it's um you know you're throwing up you're you feel really hot you're like sweating like it's awful and like that's just the pain when you get you're, when you eventually get your period like there's there's a whole lead up to this kind of like climax of all this happening like so there's like pains before and stuff which obviously I can get into but it's yeah I remember very like vividly when I was really young like the first kind of times that I have really like awful awful pains and I my period become something I would really dread you know like yeah definitely yeah I would really dread having it like as a young child so 
I know this might sound like a naive question, I guess, but you're saying all of these symptoms. Did you have symptoms even before you had your period or did it only happen when your period first started? Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah, no, I know what you mean. No, it was... So I probably around, like, early... I was, like, an early teen when I had my first period, but then, like, a year or two after, then that was when the pain started. So I was, like, very young, still in school. And... It was like a very chronic pain of like, honestly, like you would be, just feel so warm and like the pain would just be really overwhelming. Like you couldn't walk, like you couldn't move. Like I would literally be like stuck in the bathroom. Like, and it's, it's very degrading to say these kinds of things and to even be in that position. It's, it's an awful feeling when you're in work. Like even now, if I'm in work or when I was in school to be literally stuck in the bathroom like that, but it's, it's something that happens and I'm very passionate about women's health and about talking about things to destigmatize them so yeah that's kind of where it started so I think I was around 14 or 15 when that kind of those kind of pains started and then progressively it would start getting worse as I got older. So you mentioned that you were 14 and 15 mm-hmm. when you started all of this that is a really really young age to be mm-hmm. going through such a traumatic um, medical condition because you're so young your body's changing your hormonal were you taken seriously? No, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say so, you know. And I think, especially with girls and stuff, maybe in school and different scenarios, like I did have, you know, family members and stuff maybe say like, oh, you know, it's just a bad period. Like everyone gets bad periods. But the cr- like honestly, like the really awful illness, like I felt that like I've just completely having no control even of your vials like you have zero control it's very yeah it's it's really not a nice thing to have yeah no I don't think I was really taken seriously by um even doctors as well it's people are just like it's just it's a bad period and then so I kind of struggled through these like bad periods and then I realized oh this is like actually something that um become like something that had taken over my life really so initially it would have been a bad period and then it's become something that is like very like just completely takes over your life really so it's it is awful but it's obviously I don't want to be too depressed either like I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> you say that <laughs> no I actually am it's something I like I like to talk about it so I wasn't really taking that seriously but it was something then that I had to I had to keep kind of bringing up and saying oh this is something I need to so were you talk about kind of pushing yourself to go to the doctors or did you just feel like you had no choice in the end I think it was when I was I would kind of ignore it because I had a very like ominous feeling that it was something really badly wrong that I didn't want to get checked because the kind of pain I was in was honestly like it like I can't even it was like I was literally like screaming in pain it was an awful awful kind of pain that like you know normal painkillers wouldn't um fixed so I kind of thought it was like something really awful so I didn't really want to get it um fixed but like I I didn't want to get it checked but then my boyfriend was like eventually I think it was like I just left school and he was like you need to get this checked like you need to stop being afraid and just go and see what's wrong you know so I have him to thank for that is it better now are you on like any sort of medication I've not I'm not on medication for when it's very painful but I think now that I've gotten a bit older and obviously you know grown and I'm like grown up now like I can really tell like my period is completely abnormal like like I don't want to get into too much detail but it's basically like even in the couple of weeks before I would get a period it would be like I'd be in a lot of pain and yeah. very lethargic and tired and 
um it really does take over your whole life like it's something like I'm constantly especially like in those few days and like a week before I'm very um like not the same person like I've like PMS symptoms of being like very anxious and very extremely tired like I can barely get up in the mornings like I, I struggle really a lot to get up in the mornings so it's it's something that kind of takes over takes over all of you so it's gotten worse in terms of those kind of symptoms but in terms of managing the pain I am now on like medication and stuff that's that's helped so that's good and with it taking over your life and thank you for being like so open about stuff like mm. that it can be quite triggering with your symptoms and the pain and stuff has it actually affected work life yes I'm so lucky that my work are so understanding like where I work are so so great and understanding with me and I love that about where I work but definitely does impact me like it like I've had to leave work on occasion like just being like you know being like just completely exhausted with no energy to so I'll work from home and stuff but yes would definitely impact me but luckily I'm in a very you know, positive, like healthy work environment. Thank God. So, so good. yeah, I'm I'm well looking up, looked after in that respect. I'm so glad that your work is actually understanding about it. I know. <laughs> I can so literally great, yeah. just imagine many companies being like, "It's just period pains come in," but it's not. It's no. so much worse than period pain. I feel like I should never complain about a period pain <gasps> oh, ever again because no, this is no. just so. This just sounds so like traumatic. Oh. Because it literally is just. It's life-changing mm, it is and when your period like your period's meant to last like seven days and when your period's starting to last like one or like a day you know it's it's becomes like a real issue and I think I think that's why I wanted to speak about it was because I just wanted to you know raise awareness because it is something people do do go through do you find if you like exercise or something that helps because on a personal note if I have like a period pain if I do exercise, it helps ease it in a weird way. Does this help at all? Um, like on for you? I don't know, and maybe it's because I do have this condition. I don't know. I um, I don't really think so. Like when I'm in a really like debilitating pain, I can, yeah. I can't even walk. Like never mind exercise. Like I'd be like bed bound really. So not really. I do like when I can, I will exercise and stuff, and I love. Like, I really do endorse exercising, but I don't know if that would necessarily help me. I'm sure it probably does help, but I'm not, like, even, like, I wouldn't even be fit you wouldn't to try. exercise. And now those times, I can barely walk at times. And then, in different times, like, if I was, like, to push myself too hard in exercise, like, no matter what time of the month it was for me, like, I would still be in a lot of pain, like, just with my stomach. So, it just depends. But, no, I am probably not the best person to ask on, like, yeah. what is the best thing to do, because... I'm still, you know, trying to work out what's good for me. With your doctor's experience, what was... Did you have to go back a few times? Like, what was your own experiences? Well, obviously, the NHS did a lot of great work, and um, but there's just so many people, you know, to get through. So I think, like, the endometriosis um, surgery you can get, I think it's a waiting list of, like... I think it's actually, like, three years. So three it's years? Yeah, yeah, wow. I thought it was two, but I'm pretty sure it's three. I would say my advice would be to like keep fighting for yourself and keep fighting to get a diagnosis and um to also just know your rights kind of I don't know what I mean but I mean like just to you know stand up for yourself and if you're not feeling up for something just listen to your body because sometimes like you just need rest you know absolutely and you say that um you know stand up for yourself and stuff and like I know this might seem a little bit of a weird question to ask but, you know, with friendships and relationships and things, say you had plans, but your en- en- 
Oh my god, I'm really, I'm really struggling. Endo um, was too bad, and you had to pull out of your plans like last minute. Has it ever affected like friendships or relationships or have people been understanding? That happens to me all the time, and I don't know if this is just by by chance. Struggle with the same like kind of like I have a few really close friends who struggle with similar issues, so they're like extremely understanding. And like yeah, sometimes it does. It is really annoying because I'll be like. I'll go and meet up with someone and I'll push myself to go and then I'll feel like rubbish when I go and then they'll be like, oh, you should just shouldn't have came in the first place. So sometimes I'm like, I should just list my body and not go somewhere in the first place if I'm not feeling great. Um, and it definitely impacts my relationship as well because, you know, I'm, I can be ill, but like I'm luckily I'm in a good relationship, a healthy relationship and my boyfriend's very, very understanding. So I'm lucky in that sense. But yeah, it's, it does like take over your life a bit but um I think for these things like you just kind of have to push through and you have to be positive as well like you can't sit around and I like to be positive like I don't want to sit around and like flipping you know feel bad for myself all the time either like I wouldn't say that's a good idea but I do think like listen to your body and if if you need a break like take a break absolutely and that's one thing I've actually noticed about you you're overall a really really positive person (laughs) yeah definitely I, d- I don't know if you've ever had, like, an endometriosis, like, flare-up or anything, like, when we've been mm. together, but you always do seem to be, like, really, really on top form. So do you ever have to, like, mask it? Say you were in work or you were in a public setting or at a meal with, like, friends or colleagues mm-hmm. or what have you, and then all of a sudden you had this pain. Do you ever have to feel like you have to mask it? I'm, like, quite an open book. And I probably surround myself in my work as well. Like, I'm around very, like, open-minded, positive people. Like, there is definitely a taboo with endometriosis. Like, there always is, like, a taboo with period pain and stuff. But I do, I just kind of say it as it is. And, like, in my work and stuff, I just say it as it is. And I've said to my, you know, friends and stuff, and they know. But, yeah, no, it definitely, I've definitely had to, like, leave places and stuff. But I am... I'm lucky, I think, in the circles I'm in now that I, like, don't have to apologise and people are very understanding. I think it's brilliant. Like, I seen, actually, I think it was BBC. Yeah, it was BBC I seen. Um, They did a thing about um endometriosis and menopause and stuff. So I think, like, this kind of um recent media coverage on women's health is, is brilliant and I think we're, we're going the right way and that's why I wanted to talk today about it. Absolutely. And I think with platforms like the BBC covering this sort of topic it's raising awareness on a huge scale Mm -hmm. but you mentioned slightly earlier about women's health being taboo and I still feel like that's so true even in this day and age even if the BBC have covered like one story about Mm -hmm. it do you know what I mean so what was your sort of experience what are your views on women's health and it's it's lack of respect because I don't feel like on like a personal note I don't feel like it's taken seriously yeah ever yeah I definitely think like it's been a struggle to get a diagnosis like 100% and it's um a lot of the time you're met with the same answers and just go on the pill that that's the recommendation that they give and I can understand that as well and appreciate that it might mask the symptoms for a few years might get easier for you but it's not gonna it's not going to fix the problem in the long term. And so I think there's that. And then I also think like women's health is so important and that kind of cyclical nature of women, like and the way our bodies kind of work in this cycle, like it is, it should be appreciated more. And I even think like 
things like menopause need to be talked about more and I I love seeing I love seeing that kind of coverage because it is it does impact you like it really really does impact you and to have that support is is amazing yeah definitely and I think as well there is definitely more chat about it but there could be so much more mm-hmm. done. Say, for example, in schools, just chatting about it in schools. It felt like whenever you were on your period in school or anything like that, you had to discreetly mm-hmm. get your pad out of your bag. Yeah. When, as a matter of fact, all of the other girls in your class are going through exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. So it shouldn't shouldn't be a really taboo thing. And I actually remember I was given a book um, about like periods and stuff by one of my friend's mum. And in that book, it said how to be discreet going to the bathroom in school. And it was like, take a little bag with you and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not going to like be swinging like a tampon around, you know what I mean? But like, you shouldn't be afraid to ask. And like, I remember asking a science teacher, can I go to the toilet? And he was like, no. And I was on my period and I really needed to go to the mm-hmm. toilet. And I would have left. I hate that stuff. I actually, like, that's like a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. On, I think I was only swimming. They were chatting about something that um, girls, some school in England had to carry a pass. If the girls had to carry a pass if they were on their periods. What? And they were like, yeah, this could be a great idea. Some of the women on the panel were like, this is a great idea and, like, gives girls a free pass to go out and I'm like hi it feels like some kind of um haunts me until yeah like, um, it does can I press curse on this podcast yes you absolutely oh, okay. can <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that like I just don't I think that's really demeaning like I think like respect people if they say they need to go to the bathroom like just let them go yeah. do you know what I mean did you ever come to like that sort of barrier when you were in school like if you needed to go to the bathroom were teachers in Ireland did they have the same sort of no way about never going had, things? I never had any experience like that in school like my school were great actually well I, like it wasn't as severe as it is now but my school like I wasn't I, I can't say I've had any experiences like that I've only had a really positive experience and um, from my school but I did have like experiences of you know really not being well and stuff and being in the bathrooms for like being in the bathroom like not feeling well and like it is a very demeaning experience and also as like someone who can't drive like a child like it's a hard experience it's quite isolating but yeah it's difficult it is difficult for people that's why definitely and actually I want to touch upon something so is endo curable at all I don't know I don't think so I don't think so from like what I've heard and what I've been told by the doctors basically like you can go for surgeries to get the tissue removed but it will always grow back think but I've had like some bad really bad parts of it that have been like brought into hospital but it's just one of those things that like no matter if they bring you into hospital or not like like I've had an ambulance and stuff called because I've been in really severe pain but like the waiting list is the waiting list so now I'm on medication that it limits those things happening but it is really terrifying like I I think it was like I woke up in the middle of the night and I was really like in a lot of like pain and like my housemate called an ambulance I was just in so much awful awful pain I can barely remember it but it's things like that that terrify me now that I'm like god if that something like that was to happen and I wouldn't have medication with me like I'm terrified of something like that happening but hopefully hopefully not but it was it was terrifying yeah but there's no no there's no cure I don't think that to me like and I don't even have endo but that just seems just too much do you know what I mean Mm. like period pain is one thing but going through this is just completely different and the fact that it not only affects just your 
period, like week or whatever, it affects you long before and it's going to affect you long into the future as well. It's kind of like beforehand, like I don't even know how I'd explain it. Before, the week before I start to feel like lethargic, like very like tired, like in the mornings, it's difficult to wake up. I've like bad back pains and like just feel so exhausted. Like I feel like just so exhausted and then I'm starting to beat myself up and feeling run down and thinking, oh, I'm not working hard enough or like what's wrong with me. And then I realise and then my boyfriend's always like, you know what this is like, he's, but he's great. But I'm lucky that I have him and he's great support, like has always been a great support to me. So it's fine. It's, I'm really a believer in being positive. I think that would be my final message is just to, to be positive and take every day as it comes. You know, everyone has their everyone has their battles, you know? Yeah, definitely. And like a lot of people have battles that people can't see, aka endometriosis, mm-hmm. which is something that is actually really, really big and a lot of women go through it. And actually, I want to mention that March is actually Endometriosis Awareness Month, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that this podcast is actually going to go out on the 24th of March, because it lands in the month. So that was really, really important It's brilliant what out. you're doing. Like, it's, it's amazing what you're doing, shining a light on these different issues. Like, you should be so proud of yourself, honestly. No, like, I thank think you. your podcast is amazing, and the fact that you are shining a light on these issues, like... I think this podcast is, this episode even has been like amazing therapeutic for me, but I think even to listen to you chatting about these things is really eye-opening for people. So thank you. You're doing a great, great job. So much to me. It really, really does. If you, You guys can't see me, but I'm smiling from year to year because that is exactly the feedback I want mm-hmm. from this podcast. And I look forward, I know some of the, the podcasts that are coming up, I have the insider scoop. <laughs> so I'm excited to hear some of those as well that I know some of my friends have done. But I'm not gonna give any more details. You but can't. <laughs> it's great to hear the it's great to see all this representation, you know. Thank you so much. And actually I want to shine a light again on the fact that Leisha's got her own podcast and it's called <laughs> Leisha Online. Yes. And okay. I'm actually gonna spell Leisha's name out because you're from Ireland. Yes, so. it's an Irish name, it means um light. So nice. Does it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so fitting yeah. for you. That's so cute. Do you want to spell your name out? <laughs> You're like, I can't spell it. <laughs> um, it's L A O I S E online. Leisha online. But yeah, my podcast. I haven't. I this reminds me. I need to really get on that. Um, but I've been just so busy with everything, like all the work and TV I've been doing, and I'm lucky that I've got like lots of work on at the minute. So I haven't had the time to really focus on the podcast as much as I'd like to but I've yeah I've done a few interviews with people and it's it's great I love it so much I love talking to people so it's great for me yeah honestly Leisha's podcast is great and actually she's gonna have a podcast going out with me mm-hmm. so that's really really exciting it's um really really nice to have you here and thank you so much for shining the light on Joseph. of course thank you so much for having me it's honestly it is an honor and it's it's great to be on the other side of the interview for a change and thank you for having me it's been great thank you Leisha thank you to our listeners and I'll see you guys in the next one bye